0: Welcome to Cruelty Podcast. This is Lillian, and with me is Willow. Hi. 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 So, yeah. Yep. Yep. It's Survivor Month. It is, and I feel my wallet feels like that. (laughs) (laughs) Barely a lot. Barely hanging in there. (laughs) Sorry for the joke. I needed a little levity because this case is rough. I'm going to go ahead and issue a warning to y'all right now. This involves child death. Um, harm to children, and child sexual abuse and assault. If that is something that you cannot handle, listen to it will not be offended if you must fly away from this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I try and pick a good mix of things, but this case really, I don't know, it really inspired me, and I think it'll inspire you too. And this is the case of, I'm just going to... Try and pronounce her name right Because I would hate to get it wrong Saya Rivasfar Oh,
1: I did it Saya Saya Revis uh, Revis Far. Yes. Saya is a cool name.
0: It is, and I would like to credit uh, the podcast Inside Crime because they had an she had an excellent interview with mm. Saya, which is where I got the bulk of my information from Saya's own words. I like that. I do I like too. That a lot. So, if you like listening to interviews with like the victims and families of victims and also yeah. law enforcement, yeah. this is a really really good podcast for that. What was it called again? Inside, cr- inside crime. Gotcha. Yeah, they're on YouTube and okay. all other places. I think I've as seen, well. I was. I th- think I remember the logo. So yeah, they're really have to look it up. really good. Um, so and I try and give credit where credit is due. Absolutely. To not be a dick. <laughs> so Saya prefers to be called a fighter, not a survivor. Mm. And I don't. When I read those words, when I was looking for cases. That really jumped out at me. Yeah, I love that. That takes it to an extra level. And she is a fighter. She does not fuck around. She's a badass. Oh, okay. And to think of an eight-year-old little girl Mm -hmm. as a badass, I don't know. Yeah. -hmm. But it's just, this is another case, too, where little things kind of fall like the anthills. into place. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh maybe not as extreme as the anthill case or the last case we covered. Mm-hmm. But it's there. In the it's in it's in between the lines. It's in the shadows, you know what I mean? Love it. Yeah. So her story is pretty heartbreaking. She rose from the ashes of a traumatic childhood and survived a vicious attack and went on to become a hero herself, who advocates for children. And I just really love that. I love when people can take something like that and turn it into positives for others. Right. And I know that's not always possible. And I want to stress, time. Most stress of the time that it's, it's not mean, always yeah. possible. And it doesn't mean your trauma beat you. It just means your energy has to still go to healing. Mm-hmm. And I do not judge anybody for how they handle their trauma. No. I just, and I never will. That's impossible too. I've walked in many different shoes. Mm-hmm. I've walked in the shoes of addiction and surviving and trauma mm-hmm. and violence. And I just have after having a myriad of those experiences, it's something I learned, too. And we'll get to that. It's not to judge as harshly. Mm-hmm. She was born on October 17th, 1979. Saya is one of six children. But at the time this story takes place, she had a little sister and a little brother. Her parents divorced when she was five years old, and she recalls having little memory of her parents being together. And... I don't know. We make a big deal about divorce in this country, I think, and in other countries. I'm a
1: big proponent of divorce. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> I think, I, I, I had never heard of a divorce that ended, Yeah, like, that shouldn't have ended. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Usually, if it comes to divorce, yeah, you should probably go ahead. Go, go ahead. It with it. And it's usually I, a good thing.
0: I really... Okay. So I'm going to get off on a brief tangent because I wanted to specifically about marriage and the issue of like gay marriage and straight marriage, all marriage. I don't believe any of it should be seen as the government as a spiritual institution. It is a civil institution. And I'm not saying that we ought to say you're in a civil union. If you're gay, call it fucking marriage. Quit being a pussy piece of shit. Lawmakers. It's marriage. (laughs) Calm down. And In your little ceremony, if you want a God, Jesus, God, Jesus all day long, or Buddha, or, you know, Islam, Allah, whatever. Whoever you want there. Satan, Mm -hmm. I don't care. I really don't care. But when it comes to staying in a marriage... Religion needs to not play any part. Y'all torturing yeah. yourselves, stop yeah. it. There's nothing morally wrong with stepping out of a marriage that ain't no good for you, the other yeah. person, or your kids.
1: The, the opportunities, once you cut ties whenever you realize that it's time... The opportunities that follow after are usually some like groundbreaking opportunities. Really good stuff. Every yeah. time I've had a divorce, my life changes. I was like, wow, this is great. I <laughs> <laughs> should have done this ages ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And look, I've had some divorces. Yeah, K. I've
1: had a handful. And, you know. I like I'm, that we've had a handful. <laughs> I'm on marriage number Most three. Most people I know are, you know, yeah. multiply divorced. It's and okay, y'all. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's okay. It should be normal. It should be, it should be normalized. And it shouldn't be this troublesome. Stigma.
0: hmm mm-hmm. And I'm just saying that ahead of time because that being said, when children are involved, divorce is difficult. Uh, every time. Every time. Mm-hmm. Not just with child custody, although this plays a part mm-hmm. in this case, but just all around. Kids, it's hard on them. Yeah. But, as much as we want to protect our children, don't beat yourself up with that shit either. Mm-hmm. It ends up being best for the children usually too. So, Custody was given to her mother, and this all took, takes place in Pensacola, Florida. And that's kind of where the trouble in this case starts. Her mother should have never been given custody of her children. Hmm. Saya's mother struggled to raise her three children alone. Saya said she had poor coping skills and turned to drugs and alcohol. Saya often took care then of her two younger siblings, and we see this a lot in cases yeah. and in uh, issues where the mother has uh, addiction problems is that the oldest child ends up mothering. The younger siblings Like she would get up And get them ready for school She was the one To feed them breakfast Make their lunches Make sure they had baths Put them to bed She also ended up Caretaking her mother And That really makes me sad Because uh, You know At the time she's five a little child should never caretake the parent. Mm-hmm. And I was put in that position, too, because my mm-hmm. mother was an alcoholic. You have to mm-hmm. take care. they, th- You know, my mom threw up. I'd have to help clean her up, I'd have to help her get dressed, have to. Man, I did a lot of stuff. I learned to drive at 11 so I could drive my mom home from the bar. And that's in the moment as the child, you do not feel like this is unusual. You don't feel like that this is traumatic. You don't know because you don't have like you know a, a point of reference. Yeah. You just think oh, I love my mom. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help my mom. Yeah. But it really fucks you up later. And yeah, and I'm sure it did decide too. She was only, like I said, five when her parents divorced and she didn't understand why she was stepping in for her mother because before the divorce, she wasn't doing that. So she kind of knew even at that age, I feel like this is a child with so much Mm self-awareness and trauma-based maturity. Because when people say like a child is old for their age, no, they're not. Right? No, yeah. it's the yeah. trauma. Yeah, it's coping skills yeah. and survival that yeah. makes you act older. She's not acting older. Yeah, she's acting like a traumatized five-year-old. Mm-hmm. It just makes me upset. The living situation was not stable For most of her early childhood They're bouncing around from friends' couches To men's houses that Mm -hmm. Saya's mom is dating Mm They are also ended up staying in hotels and motels A lot because her mom would be a maid at these places Mm -hmm. Working really long hours She often left her children completely unattended And Everybody gonna sit there And we're all gonna frown At this mom and her choices And I will talk about this a little later But I'm gonna ask that Let's really try really hard to withhold judgment. And I'll yeah. explain my stance on that in a little yeah. bit. These children had no stability. And without knowing it at the time, it made si- Saya, her siblings, and her mother a target. And that's kind of what I want to direct the focus to, is that the poverty, addiction issues, and sta- not stable living conditions then made it, just painted a target on all of them, the mother included. Mm-hmm. And we don't know the mom's story Except from Saya's point of view, we don't know what this woman's been through. Right. I'm going to guess some real bad trauma. People don't act out this way unless something happened to them. Yeah. CPS failed Saya and her siblings, too. There were many, many cases opened against her mother. Really? Yes. The kids had burn marks, bruises, busted lips. Oh, my God. And the cases were never followed up on. Saya says she wished something had been done And maybe the terrible tragedy that befell her and her sister Would have never happened Does she say if like It was her mother hitting her or somebody else Sometimes but not always Her mother didn't typically leave like bruises But she did like beat them with a wooden spoon Like spanking them with a switch And I'm gonna take a stand right now It's gonna piss some of you off and that's okay I hope it does because I want you to think about it I used to spank my kids When they were small And then I noticed that I wasn't really getting the reaction out of them that I wanted. They were afraid. Mm -hmm. I didn't want them to be afraid. I wanted their behavior to change. And I was spanked as a child. Mm -hmm. So I asked my oldest how it made him feel. And he said, sad, hurt, and scared. Well, we're not learning anything. So I quit and I never did it again. If you're spanking your kid, I want you to, to ask them. And I want you to really think what it's doing. We can't tell children not to hit and not to commit acts of violence later if we are committing acts of violence on our children. Exactly. Hitting, including spanking, is an act of violence. Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure you were probably spanked as a kid, too, and you say you turned out fine. I want you to really think about that, did you? Yeah. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do think that had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that being said... I don't want you to beat yourself up. I don't want you to be mad at yourself. Just make the change.
1: Yeah.
0: Forgive yourself. Yeah. Ask for forgiveness from those babies. Move on. Break it. Break it. Mm-hmm. Break this is the, the only way. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. only way. A this, five-year-old this does. Generational. It just never stops. Bullshit. But we can stop it. Absolutely. And it's never too late to stop it. Your Absolutely. kid can be 10. You just go and say, hey, I'm sorry. I used to spank you. That was wrong yeah. and abusive. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you do not know the bridges you will build with your children when you do that mm-hmm. shit. You're not perfect. They need to see that you can't apologize, move on and change.
1: They have to know how to do it themselves. How Absolutely. are they going to be? I mean, I know I don't know how to apologize for shit. I know that, you know, it's really hard for me to yeah. communicate because. No one communicated no one, to us. No one showed me. No one, mm-hmm.
0: not one adult mm-hmm. in my family has ever apologized to me no. for any of the shit they ever. put me through. mm And I will tell you, you apologize to them, kids, when you're wrong. Every time. And be specific. Be specific. Be specific. And then you tell them how you make it right. Yeah. And you watch the look on their face and all the trust they will then give you that you don't have right now. Talk about your feelings because they have to learn how to do that. You've got to model for them Mm -hmm. how to express themselves Mm -hmm. without Mm -hmm. violence and rage. Mm -hmm. Because that's all that shit does in children. And if you spank and you disagree with me, I don't need to hear about it. (laughs) <laughs> I just don't so. Child psychologists agree I'm a dummy But they, they all agree that, that it, it's not any good yeah. So we'll yeah. move on from that But yeah her mom Would would basically I call it beat them yeah. She'd hit them with switches and spoons And leave marks on her kids And CPS should have taken them babies from her yeah. care She just had no business being around kids yeah. And she brought people Around her kids who had no business being around kids but there wasn't anything for her to do. There's no options, no support system, no community, no social services. And y'all can say there are, but I defy you to try as a single mom to go out and get them. I tried to get ch- government child care for my children and could not. No. <sighs> so, yeah, being it's, a single mom is so stressed. I could see
1: how it drives somebody. I literally can't have a job right now, and I'm married. I can't have a job you right can't now afford that shit. I wouldn't be able to afford it. no. And then we have to put them in the hands of people
0: I don't necessarily trust. Exactly. So, let's think all think about that stuff before we judge cuz I was a spanker and I do consider it abuse. I was abusive to my children. So, I can't really sit in the judgment seat. I've okay. been there. Mm-hmm. To this degree, no, did I make a lot of these bad choices? No, but if circumstances had been just a little different tweak just a little maybe I would have mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd like to think not, but we don't know that. She was bringing in a stream of men and boyfriends and friends, likely also with addiction issues and the lack of stability became a recipe for tragedy and disaster. The man that would forever alter the course of Saya's life was named Ray Weick. He came into their lives in 1987 when Saya was seven years old. He was the boyfriend of her mother. At first he seemed good. He seemed stable he took them to pool parties and barbecues and boat rides and got him presents. It almost feels like a family again. Hmm. Except behind closed doors, Ray had started grooming Saya. Saya, excuse me. He asked her to keep secrets.
1: Oh my God.
0: So that all the special attention she got and all the presents were to buy her silence because he was molesting her. That's why he's taking her to pool parties and on a boat hmm It's easy. He was so brazen as to molest her at those pool parties in front of other children. He would be the only adult at these parties. <gasps> oh, my God. I know. One time at one of these parties, Saya's mother asked her if Ray was touching her. Saya was so scared that Ray would find out she told her mother that she said no, and she ran into the house. However, Sia thought, well, if she asked, she must know. But we don't know the answer to that question. Right. And I don't want to speculate on a woman who already gets a lot of blame, and rightfully so. Yeah. If I ask my kid that question, it's because I already think that's what's going on, and that motherfucker ain't anywhere near my babies. Mm -hmm. Fucking ew. And Sia thought that was it. She wouldn't ever have to see him again. Oh, no. But she des- thought she thought my mama would protect me. She did think that. Poor little baby. Despite thinking that her mother knew, that didn't stop Ray from coming around. It didn't end the relationship between Saya's mother and Ray, as it is so often in these cases. Maybe she was in denial. Like I said, I just don't want to speculate too much, but <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. Um, he was kind of in and out, and they eventually did break up. And that should have been the end of it. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. On September 21st, 1988, when Saya is eight, her sister Sarah is six, and her brother is four, Saya's mother leaves her kids with a new boyfriend so she can go out to the bar to drink to relieve stress. And this is not unusual behavior for her mother. This is a new boyfriend. And y'all... Woo, that is not a good choice. We've got to understand as single moms, and look, hey, I was dating when I was a single mom. I wanted a relationship, but the few times I brought one dude to the house once, and he assaulted me and threatened the lives of my kids. Y'all, we can't be bringing dudes to our house. We just can't. We cannot trust them. You wait till you're literally
1: married, and you have vetted this dude. Yep, that's why there's laws in Arkansas. To um, where you can't cohabitate. Can, yeah. Uh, yeah, cohabitation laws are really big in in Arkansas and uh, a lot of other red states and stuff. Um, but it's because of that. It's because of child abuse and neglect in households and homicide. And yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's
0: just it's just rough. I wouldn't. I would not make that choice. Uh, maybe going to work, I'd have a little more sympathy. But just going to the bar, girl, drink at home. We. But we don't know her
1: situation. I don't. You know. So I'm not going to. And a lot of people are very easily manipulate people easily. So we don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And uh,
0: I just I don't want to judge her. But at the same time, I do want to point have discernment in that these are never choices I would make. Not that I think I'm better than anybody. But I do point out that, yeah, I was a single mom, and yeah, I was poor, and yeah, I was working several jobs. Mm. I was even doing sex work to survive at several points. Yeah. But I did have the stability of a house, and I do think that changed a lot. I think it gave me a huge step up and a big chunk of privilege. And so I know a lot of people will get frowny at me or say I'm being real woke or something. No, I just... I've seen friends go down some dark roads and I knew their personal situation and I wouldn't assign no blame to them or judgment. So I just want
1: to reserve it cause I don't have all the information. I've never heard this woman's side of the story and I right. did look for it. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been through shit, and I know that a lot of people don't know my story and would say some terrible things, about you. things yeah. you know?
0: Mm-hmm. You were just so. going out to party. Yeah. But that's I,
1: not always true. We do not know. She might have been doing sex work, too. We don't know. We don't know. And, hey, even if she was going to the bar to relieve some stress, that's allowed. You're an adult, mm-hmm. you know? Just maybe don't choose the new boyfriend to but stay with we the we don't kids. know how, how trustworthy
0: he made himself seem. Yeah, because know? when you're young and... It's just so, you're so tired Mm -hmm. and you're so stressed. Mm -hmm. People can paint a really good picture Mm -hmm. and you want to believe it so much. You're so tired of being lonely and doing it by yourself. And you think, well, they got to have practice with the kids anyway. Yeah. So I get it. What's one night? What's one night? And like I said, the press has already done the pretty good job of condemning Saya's mother. Mm -hmm. We don't need to dogpile this. Right. And I just... I don't know. I just think, like... We can condemn some of her choices, and I think that we should. Just if no other reason than to learn a lesson from it. Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, let's hold off on... Yeah. Definitely don't hit your kids, but also, like, it's okay to have a night out every now and then yeah I really hate that whole
0: <laughs> well she's a mom and no fun allowed yeah I hate that shit yeah. because you want to you want to see a mom be abusive to their kids you take away any avenue for like chilling out or right. de-stressing right and there's nothing wrong with going and to the bar and having resentment. a drink and it and sure we, we does Not cannot have resentment for our family members and no. especially our children women are held to such a high standard because if this was a story about a dad who went to the bar I guarantee you nobody would give a fuck nobody wouldn't yeah they wouldn't think twice So Saya and her sister Sarah shared a room and they had bunk beds and her brother he had his own room. It's a school night. It is September twenty-first, nineteen eighty-eight. Saya thought, because the mornings were kinda hectic, right? She yeah. thought she would do something different, and that was her and her sister Sarah, who were very, very close. Mm. They wanted to be twins. Which I think is so pitiful. So they, like, dress up alike. They would sometimes match outfits. My friend and I I used to do that. I have pictures of them in matching outfits, and it's really cute. But they were very different, too. Sarah Sarah was more girly and frilly, and Saya was a bit of a tomboy, kind of, Mm. because she idolized Punky Brewster.
1: (sighs) Everybody said I looked like Punky Brewster. Whatever, I really grew up, did. I never watched the show. I don't what? even know who that
0: is. Before, like
1: Soleil Moon
0: played Punky Yay! Brewster, and I fucking loved that show when I was a kid because I was born in 1979 too. And so me and the yeah the yeah, lady say, are the same age. I noticed that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Punky was the story. Here's the story of the show, just so you can kind of get where Sarah where Sai is coming from mm-hmm. and why she identified with this character so much. Is that her father ran out on her, Punky's father, Mm -hmm. and her mother abandoned her at a shopping center. Oh, my God. And she went and kind of was like squatting in this apartment building and was found by one of the tenants who was this grumpy old photographer. (laughs) And he fought to become her foster dad. Mm -hmm. And so the show's kind of she's scrappy and she's, you know, she doesn't care about the rules. Oh, shit. Punky's back. Okay, and she was so
1: oh, no cute. Reminded people of her. Yeah, I was a little shitbag.
0: She was a little shit, and <laughs> I'll never forget this one episode, which is where they all had life lessons. That's how the shows were back in the eighties. Yeah, they were her and some of her little like scraggly friends were playing around an old refrigerator, and one of the little kids got locked inside. Of the refrigerator Because they You can't push Mm -hmm. Because of the vacuum Ceiling and all that Y'all That scared the shit Out of me When I was a kid I was like I better stay The fuck away From that fridge It's gonna snatch My ass up Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna die In there (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't know You couldn't breathe In there I was like Oh my god You can't breathe In there It's gonna get me It's gonna get you (laughs) So scared That plus the movie Poltergeist Where it sucks The kid into the closet I was like Shit's trying to get me And put me in there And I'm not about it <laughs> so here was Saya's idea for her and her sister for, for school the next day what if we dress in our nice school clothes now and sleep in them that way when we wake up we can just eat our breakfast and brush our teeth and we won't miss the bus she was always really afraid they'd miss the I bus
1: I used to do that
0: it's so yeah. cute <laughs> yeah I used to do that and here's the little detail. so she had a brand new pair of sneakers and they were punky Brewster sneakers. Oh. And y'all, I wanted those so bad my parents oh. wouldn't buy them for me. Oh, no. <laughs> and so she wore them to bed because she loved them so much oh, and she was baby. so excited about wearing them to school. Oh. She's eight years old, Sarah is six. And I don't know why that just
1: gets me in I my feelings I relate to it box. so bad because I used to do the same thing. I used to even call up my friends and make sure that we were wearing our hair the same way and like wearing the exact same outfit. And yeah, I used to get dressed the night before. And uh, I, I just totally love that Punky was her idol. Yeah. It was just so
0: cute. <laughs> so that night they fall asleep wearing their school clothes. And the next thing that Saya recalls is that she's being carried from her bunk bed by a man. It's Ray Mm Weichs. And at first she's not overly concerned because she knows him. Her mother knows him. Mm -hmm. He's been in and out, you know, this whole time. She does find it odd that he takes her from the apartment to his car. So she asks him, where are we going? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I'm going to take you to your mom. And that doesn't seem too weird to her either because it's happened before. Right, but, like, what about her sister? Ray leaves Saya in the front seat of his car and goes to get her sister, Sarah, (sighs) who he puts in the back seat. Oh. He leaves the girls in the car one last time, and at the time, she doesn't know what he's doing. Later, it's found out he had pried open the back door of the apartment with a crowbar, so he went to put the back door up to make it look, prop it to where it looked like nothing was wrong. Oh. Yeah So it looks still closed Yeah He goes back to the car And starts driving With the two girls Inside his vehicle Both Saya and her sister Sarah Fall asleep She recalls It could have been Anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes later And she notices They're turning She wakes up Because they go onto A gravel road Oh yeah Mm -hmm. And you know The different changes Yeah she's like "What, What the fuck is this And it's surrounded by trees Ray pulls over and stops the car And grills Saya He asks if she's told anyone about their secret About how he's been molesting Mm -hmm. her And she swears she hasn't told anyone And instead of really responding to this He doesn't He says he needs to get something out of the trunk He walks around to the back of the vehicle And he gets something out of the trunk When he returns He starts to tie up Sarah by her ankles and her wrists he's using tape and some other material and obviously they are both very scared Mm -hmm. so I asked what was happening and Ray told the girls if they were good they'd get to see their mother who he claimed was just down the road of course this wasn't true at all he had more sinister designs and had no intention of letting the little girls ever see their mother again but they do as they told and they quiet down hoping he'll keep his promise. He takes Saya out of the car and molests her and change his clothes. He's in jeans and then he changes in, and this is inexplicable to me and really weird. Mm. He changes out of his jeans into white shorts. And then he rapes her. And it is excruciating and it is painful. But like eventually the pain she said goes away. I'm going to guess because shock sets in. Yeah. The body mm. just Can't after a while. Mm -hmm. And as this horrific assault is taking place, Saya sees a set of headlights. It's a utility truck. Ray makes Saya go back into the car and tells both girls to keep their heads down. Ray goes up to the driver, who has stopped to see what's going on, and lies and tells him he's having car trouble. But the driver looks down at his pants, which are covered in blood from hurting that little girl. Uh-huh. And the guy oh God. just says, see you later, buddy. And he is out. He is out. Oh, fuck. He doesn't know what's happened. Mm-mm. And he's scared. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Saya never blamed that guy. Because mm-hmm. what was he supposed to do? He doesn't know there's two little girls in that car. He doesn't know what the blood is from. No. Ray gets back in the car and continues to drive down the dirt road in the opposite direction of the utility truck, making sure it is long gone. He pulls over again, and this time he rapes Saya in the front seat. And her six-year-old sister is watching, and she is crying, and she asks why Ray is doing that to her sister. Saya didn't know what to tell her little sister, so she just said it's going to be okay, it'll be over soon. And I don't know why, but that in particular breaks my heart. Her first thought was to protect her little sister. She's eight years old. And she is eight years old. She's a baby. Her sister is six. They are babies. Six. And the brutality committed against these children... Y'all, you know I don't support the death penalty, but in this case... Yeah. I just can't even imagine how scared they were. Whew. Now the sun is starting to come up and Ray tells Saya to get dressed and makes her stand outside the car. He goes to the back seat and picks up Sarah. She's still tied up. He commands her to walk into the woods and keep going until he tells her to stop. And when I heard that, when Saya's retelling it, it just made me sick to my stomach because I know what's going to happen. He Tells her to stop by a large tree. Ray puts Sarah against the tree and then tells Saya to say her prayers. And while that eight-year-old little baby is saying her prayers, he takes out a knife and cuts her throat multiple times. She put her hand up to her throat because it's hurting. She sees the blood and she knows she's in big trouble. And so she throws herself to the ground and plays dead. Oh my God. She knew that if Ray thought she was alive... He would come over to her and make sure she was dead. She lays there, completely still, holding her breath until she hears him walk away. Then she hears him get in the car. And then she hears the car pull away and drive off. Immediately she raises up and calls out to her sister, who does not answer. Baby. She knew by looking at Sarah that she was dead. Mm-hmm. She was covered in blood. She could see the hole in her neck. Mm-hmm. He had cut her throat so severely he had nearly decapitated the six-year-old. And her eyes are open and just staring. Saya knows she has to go get help. She's bleeding out. Yeah. And part of what helped her was some shoes.
1: Oh, baby.
0: She could walk in the woods really good. Yeah. She could run. Yeah. With those shoes on. She walks out of the woods, her hand on her neck to stop the bleeding. At the end of the dirt road, she sees a blue pickup truck, and she waves it down. She gets really lucky here, oh, God. and it's a man and a woman, a young couple, and they immediately go to help her. She first thing out of her mouth is, "Ray has killed my sister." They rush down the road to a store that's close by, where they call nine one one. Deputy McCurdy is immediately on his way. You guys know I do not like cops, but this man's a good man, Bill McCurdy. She has lost a lot of blood, and her memories are really swimmy during this whole event. She does not remember. She remembers EMT showing up. She remembers the deputy. She really fixated on Bill McCurdy. Yeah. To her, he saved her. Yeah. Pretty much. And... She McCurdy says this later because she doesn't remember this, but she threw her arms around his neck and sit, said, Ray did this over and over because she wanted justice for her sister. Mm-hmm. She blacks out on her way to the hospital and her heart stops. Oh, she comes, they bring her back, and she keeps talking, she keeps giving details. Oh my god, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. The deputy rode to the hospital with her because EMT said she would not make it. It was unlikely she would make it to the hospital, and he wanted to find out who did this to those babies. So he stayed with her on that ride because he wanted all the information he could get before she passed away.
1: Yeah.
0: Still, she's like actively dying, and she is telling him. And she has no memory of this. She wakes up in the hospital as they're cutting off her clothes, which is very scary. Yes, it is. And putting them into evidence Evidence. bags. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's then rushed into surgery to save her life. After surgery, the doctor literally tells this eight year old, It is a miracle you lived. His knife had nicked her jugular, but hadn't cut it all the way. Yeah. She is under guard. By police in the hospital, but despite this, this poor little thing is just abjectly terrified that Ray is gonna come in through her hospital window because he broke into the sanctity of their home. Yeah. So he could do anything. So everything's off limits. Yeah. Or nothing is. Ray Wyke was shortly arrested at his parents' house. He had had left the car covered in blood, little handprints, and evidence in the driveway. He washed the blood off his clothes and just hung him up on a clothesline in the backyard and then went to sleep believing he'd just murdered two little girls. In the hospital, Saya has got this little shred of hope that her sister is alive. Maybe she was mistaken. And they tell her her sister has died. That's just gross. Yeah. And deep down, she she said she knew. Mm. But you know, you're eight. Yeah. You have magical thinking and you think well maybe I got help in time and they brought her back because they brought her back right and she says the sight of her sister laying there she will never forget when Saya's mother is called it's when Saya's being rushed to the hospital she had no idea her daughters were even out of their room so she runs and she looks and they're gone she rushes to the hospital Today, Saya believes that no one was watching them that night at all. Her mother went to the bar, and sometime during the night, the boyfriend she'd tasked with watching them had left. And again, there's no way to know any of this for certain, but this is kind of some of the evidence that was collected. Mm-hmm. Because Ray had known those kids were home alone. Because Ray had seen their mother at the bar. He'd been stalking their mother. Mm. So when her mother's at the bar... Ray comes in, she's really uncomfortable because she's broken up with him She calls to the boyfriend who's watching her kids and asks him to come up to the bar to run interference and get this guy to fuck off She didn't know he fucked off to her apartment and stole her babies Oh my god Because that's how he knew they were home alone Yeah Deputy McCurdy brought a clown doll like a really big one for Saya while she was in the hospital And right before the trial, about a year later, she asked to see him, the Mm -hmm. deputy. She had named the clown doll Big Bill. And I just think it's so sweet because his name was Bill. She'd named it after him. I know. And she credits that entire experience because the entire police station had made a card for her along with this doll. And this is what got her into law enforcement. Is there kind treatment of her? Mm-hmm. And caring so much about her sister and her case and acting so quickly is what encouraged her to get into law enforcement herself, yeah. which she does. Oh. She decided she would testify in court against Ray Wykes, and she is eight years old. Oh, my God. Oh. And she said she never second guessed testifying, even though she was really scared she sits there next to the judge she can barely see oh, over the top no. of the little booth. Oh, and when the prosecutors ask her to point him out, she can't. She's too scared. Regardless, he's convicted and given the fucking death penalty. Fuck you, guy. Yeah. 15 years later, Ray sends her a letter. Ew. It is 15 pages long. It is disgusting, threatening, and so terrible. She's not even, as an adult, allowed to read it. No. She's 23. She's not allowed to read it. Her father intercepted it, read it, and immediately gave it over to law enforcement. You mean when she she got the letter? Yeah, he wouldn't let her read it. It was disgusting. So we'll never know what it says, but I don't need to know what it fucking says. 13 pages? 15. 15? 15 fucking pages. And so they they, were supposed to take away his ability to then send mail. They never did. Yeah. He also got online on those, like, fucking prisoner death row dating sites that they have. Ew! And it was somebody who had seen him on there that noticed he had a memorial page up. But that's how she found out he died in prison. No one told her that he died in prison. They didn't have the courtesy to like fucking send her a letter and say, "Hey, the guy who murdered your sister and who raped you is dead." Isn't that great? Right. She found out through somebody else. In two thousand four, he died of lung cancer while awaiting death penalty.
1: Good. Good.
0: Hope it hurt. I'll
1: be choked to death. I'll
0: be drowning in his own fluids. <sighs> Saya goes on to become a state trooper in New York in 2003, and has worked in law enforcement and child victim advocacy her entire life.
1: Oh, good.
0: She's now a police investigator at the Bovina Child Advocacy Center in Rochester, New York. Wow. And I'll be, I'm will be i going to be linking to some things. That's um, amazing. Yeah, for places if you want to donate, because you mm-hmm. should. We have listeners from Rochester. We sure do. Hi, guys. Hi. She's gone on to forgive her mother. And I want to talk about that because yeah. she's now a mother. And she said that for most of her life, she was really angry with her mother. Yeah. After her attack, her father is granted full custody. But the judge keeps trying to give visitation to the mother. And I'm of a mixed mind on this, but I think it should have been supervised, not unsupervised visitation. Yeah. But she didn't want to see her mother. Yeah. Yeah. And she fought for herself. Good. And she never had to see her mom again. Good for
1: her. Yeah. Good
0: for her. But she's since forgiven
1: her mother, and they they have a complicated relationship, but they have one. But at least she was able to make that decision. Most children are not granted that ability.
0: And it is a weird privilege to have, I'll tell you. I had a, y'all, I had a really complicated relationship with my mother, who's dead now. Um, I loved her very much, because you're a kid, you love your mom. Yeah. Um, that book that's out, I'm glad my mother is dead. I haven't read it. I can't read it. I tried and lost it. I'm really sensitive about this particular thing. My mom, uh, sexually abused me, verbally abused me and physically abused me because she was an alcoholic and she had a lot of trauma. She was molested when she was young as well. And it wasn't until the last year of her life that she owned up to any of it and apologized. Um, I say apologized. It's not really quite accurate. It was kind of a half apology. But it was really weird to get an acknowledgement because mm. you don't expect one.
1: Right.
0: She said, I'd say I'm sorry, but I know you won't forgive me. And it's true. Mm. I, I don't. Mm. It's unforgivable to do that to your children, regardless of what happened to you. Absolutely. Regardless of your addiction issues. Mm. Kind of felt like fuck you. But she was dead two days later, so it makes it really hard. Right. I still kind of struggle with weird guilt on that. Right. I don't know. Uh, so I get where Sai is coming from. I can forgive my mom now, and I maybe should have then. I'm still kind of on the fence. But it is a rare, rare privilege to have, to be able to make that decision at all. And it's really strong and brave to forgive somebody who allowed that to happen to you and your sister. hmm and so I commend her for that. She's a stronger person than me. Just is. My mom wasn't near as bad as that. Just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so she's a fighter, not a survivor. And I love that. It's a Absolutely. really hard case, and I'm sorry, guys. Oh, I pulled my eyes out. I tried oh, yeah. to really keep it away from the microphone, but... Uh, yeah, that was sniffly. Sorry. Yeah, that was... That was rough. I will not be doing... And there's the T on this one. No. I don't want to talk about it anymore. No. Um, but if you guys need resources, if you listen to this, it triggered anything with you, I'm sorry, but yeah. you know, please reach out. Mm-hmm. You can reach out to me if you want on our Discord or via email, lillianasterius at com. I'm always happy to talk. Mm-hmm. Sometimes all you need to do is talk a little bit. Um, I'm not a therapist, but I will... I'll provide an ear. That's what I can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think... Not this week, but next week or the week after we'll announce the new theme...
1: But I'm pretty excited about it. Yes. I just want to next, tease you a little bit. The next bit. two themes. I'm like, the next two themes are pretty good. I've got almost all of my episodes lined up. I'm
0: not kidding. The next three themes are pretty good. That's true. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for all of them. Yeah. And
1: then January, I'm excited for too. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're excited. We're just going to be vague and yeah. shitty. <laughs> also. Join, join our Patreon and... then you'll get to you'll know get ahead to know. of time.
0: We tell them, like, a minute we think of them. Yeah. yeah. We want case suggestions is why. And in our Discord, y'all, we now have several channels. You can go there and make case suggestions.
1: You can show me pictures of your pets and children. And I fixed the link for Discord and our link tree. Yes, it was broken. It works now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was on like a, like it it expired. It did expire. It expired in seven days. And so I just put on the infinite
0: Infinity. Infinity. Yeah, so please join our Discord. You don't have to be a patron to join our Discord. They get their own little VIP room, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. But you can just come say hello. Yeah. Yeah. We are in there. Somebody from this house is in that Discord 24-7 just and about. If not this house, next door. Somebody's in there. Somebody. And if not, the other people who listen to you guys can suggest cases. Oh, we have made
1: kind of like... A little Discord kind of family. Family, I know. I was like, I'm such, I'm such a, uh, uh, what is it called when you don't have parents? Orphan. <laughs> yeah, I'm such a, I'm such a little anti orphan. I use the word family in very. Very sparingly, but it does feel it's it, it's really exciting. They're so we wake sweet up in every there. day and we say hello to each other. So, they're so cute. Yeah, our listeners just, are the cutest. the one thing: is whenever you show up in Discord, you have to like show us your cat. Show us your fucking cat. Even if your cat happens to be a lizard, it's still a cat. So show us your cat. Give me that kitty. And it. Oh, <laughs> not that one. Not uh, pussy. <laughs> I ain't talking about pussy. And then state your name, where you're from.
0: Yeah. yeah. What's up? And yes, we can, you can do case discussion, case suggestions. We have places for all that. Suggestions for themes. Yes, we
1: take... Listen, I'm suggestible as fuck. We've got lists for upcoming themes for days, so, and we always keep suggestions in a list. I do have a list. Yes, I do too. Where is
0: it? Don't ask me. I'll find it. Mm-hmm. It's around.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, also...
0: I'm just going to go ahead and talk about our new tier really quick. Yeah. Just real quick. Yeah. So, our new tier is called, and that's the T, and that's where you will get all of our episodes ad free. Yep. And two to three times a month, we'll do a 15 to 30 minute case discussion after an episode. Not for every case, like this one, I don't want to, no. not gonna. <laughs> um, if it's appropriate. Only if I feel it is appropriate and or there's it, more to say. Yeah,
1: yeah. And a lot of times we'll use those for also like updates and things like that. So, kind of plans that we have
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, you know, invites for more discussion. It's the non scripted episode. Yes, and while our episodes aren't strictly scripted, I do use notes and right. research. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, these are not yeah. researched. It's just chit-chat. So that's what you get. Uh-huh.
1: And plus, but you get everything all the back catalog yes. as well as all future regular episodes ad-free.
0: Yes. What so. you don't get is the special weekly episode for yes. $5 patrons. That's the tea party patrons get 5 get an extra Episode, episode a, week. a week. In addition, pretty soon we'll have things like uh, live she, yeah. chats on Discord, which, and that's the tea gets in on that one. Yeah. What y'all don't get, that's an additional thing coming up. We're making little mini documentaries and ghost hunts and stuff. That's for the higher tier because yeah. that's just law work. It's money. It's money. It takes money to we make money. We don't even have a camera yet, so. Y'all, I just scrambled to make my electric bill and I was sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: But Sunday, we do have big plans. We have plans. So come join our Patreon. Have some fun. I, yeah. I enjoy the Discord we, very we much, We also too, post so more photos on our, on our Patreon yes. for each of the cases because we don't want to get, you know, zucked or... Baninated. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm
0: so. not going to share crime scene photos on Facebook, and we try and be tasteful. We also put trigger warnings ahead of things, yeah. so you don't have to see it yeah. if you don't want to. But
1: if it's relevant to the case and it helps understand the case, it's... Yeah. Yes. But anyway, thank you all for listening. If
0: all you can do to support this podcast is listen, I appreciate mm-hmm. you. If you want to do more, I appreciate you.
1: Yeah, leave yeah. us a review, especially on Apple. Podcasts. Yeah, it helps. It
0: helps get us seen. Mm-hmm. Um, puts us higher in the search algorithm so more people can listen, which is
1: always great. Because yeah. I like it. I like when people listen. Plus, it, it'd be really nice to hear some positive feedback. Sometimes we get all... all sad about ourselves. <laughs> well. What is it called whenever you, like, you're an artist and you, like, think you suck? Oh, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Oh, I get that's that That's really easy to get. I'm like,
0: I'm just a piece of shit. Yeah. I don't do anything good. But so, I know that's silly. Um, but, you know, making a podcast, y'all, uh, you record it, you research it, and then you let it loose into the void,
1: never to be seen or heard yeah. from again. It's weird, but, you know? Yeah. It's it's one thing to, to see the numbers happen. It's just and so impersonal, that, though, you know? Yeah it's 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 really hard to um to relate that to actual individuals i I will let you know a few
0: um victims family members have reached out to me on cases i have covered i really appreciate
1: hearing from you Um, it means a lot to me Mm -hmm. um i cried a lot but yeah whenever it's an individual saying something to you about (laughs) it i yeah every time like somebody says something it just it gets me and i'm already tearing up again i'm not the big crier
0: around here but i do i'm just saying i do like hearing from you yeah i do it means a lot to me i appreciate you all so much and we love you so much good night good night find us on your social media platform of choice linktree slash cruelty has all of the links check out our patreon for exclusive episodes merch ad-free episodes live ghost hunts and much more Please be sure to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded weekly. Thank you so much. See you next time. Music and production by Willie B.